416-216-5910, the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Savannah Tamarkin is here answering all of your questions, dishing out the information. Uh, contact anytime, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Again, that number, 416-216-5910. If you haven't checked out fightformyltd.com, you should check that in any injury calculator, which we'll get to here uh, in just a little bit. We always like to start the show, my friend, with the week that was, some cases that you've been working on that have come through the office, and we'd find uh, very interesting for the uh, for us and the listeners alike. That's right, John. Mm-hmm. Let's get right into it. So yep. here's a question that I received on the uh, mydisabilityquestions.com website. And again, for people out there, you can go onto that website and actually see the questions and my answers in real time, cool. mydisabilityquestions.com. So I'll read it out to you. This comes from Bruce in Fergus, Ontario. Uh, and this came uh, on Monday, January 9th at 10.37 in the morning. And he writes, I am 62 years of age, have been fully employed for over 43 years. I have been asked by my LTD provider, that's a long-term disability mm-hmm. insurance company, to apply for CCDP. CCDP is essentially Canada, uh, um, uh, Canada uh, Pension Plan, dis- Disability Plan. Right. Uh, and he's asking, is this mandatory? After talking to my accountant, I see no upside for myself, only the tax burden. So my response was as follows. First of all, he spoke with his accountant, which is not a bad thing, except that accountants are not lawyers specializing in disability. Right. Uh, and, and listen, my wife is an accountant, so I'm never going to say anything bad about accountants. We need them in our lives. Uh, they tell us what to do from a tax standpoint and, you know, et, et, et cetera. But from a, from a disability standpoint, from a strategic standpoint, uh, should people apply for uh, Canada Pension Plan disability if they are on LTD? I get these questions all the time. Right. Here's the re- here are three simple reasons why I think that gentleman who wrote me that question should in fact apply. Number one, if his insurance company has told him to apply, that's probably because his insurance policy obligates him okay. to apply for Canada Pension Disability. That's a big one. Right. So you can look at your uh, policy. Keep in mind, the relationship you have as an insured and your insurance company is a contractual relationship, right? The policy of insurance that governs the relationship says that in exchange for you complying with the policy, they will then pay you the LTD, the disability payments. And in many of these policies, in fact, in any po- every policy that I've seen so far, there is a provision that says that you have to apply for CPP disability at certain point, uh, at certain point in time. And so if this individual does not apply when the insurance policy obligates them to apply, what the insurance company may end up doing, and I've seen them do this before, is they'll say, okay, you haven't complied with that. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to estimate what we think you could get from CPP disability, and we're going to deduct that from what we're paying you. So in other words, if we think you are eligible for $1,000 a month from CPP disability, and we're paying you currently $2,000 a month for LTD, we're just going to pay you a thousand bucks because we're going to assume that you should have applied, and had you applied, you would have received a thousand from CPP. So the first reason that you should apply is because most likely your insurance policy obligates you to do that. But you can look at your individual policies. Number two, second reason. Think about it this way. Let's say you apply for CPP disability, and the criteria, by the way, for getting approved is whether your disability is uh, severe mm-hmm. and prolonged. Okay, so these are difficult criteria to meet. If you, in fact, apply and you get approved, well, then think about it 
that way it looks good it looks good exactly now if your insurance company at some point in the future says that we don't think you're disabled anymore we're going to cut you off you can turn around and say but cpp disability thinks that i'm disabled the government accepts that i'm disabled and it works exactly so so and it doesn't that you know insurance companies are not obligated to continue ltd just because you're getting cpp disability but the point is it gives you an argument that the government saw fit to classify you as disabled individual why isn't the ltd insurer doing the same the third Third reason is exactly for the reason that we just discussed. What happens if the LTD insurer cuts you off? Well, suddenly you still have a source of income coming in from CPP disability. So while you call us and we deal with the LTD insurer and we fight them and work towards getting your a, a settlement, a resolution of your LTD claim, you are not left with no money whatsoever. You still get so those are simple three simple reasons to apply for CPP disability uh, if when the time comes and you are an LTD. So that's what I answer to this individual, and of course that's a bit different than the advice he was getting from his accountant. And that's not to say that his accountant was giving him wrong advice. It's just that there are legal uh, considerations to think about uh, when you're making that determination. So why are people apprehensive when they're they're thinking about uh, applying for it? They think well, it's the government, and uh, you know. No, the, the, the number one reason. Uh, the number one fear that I get, or not fear, but concern or or bewilderment, let's say, is Mm -hmm. this. Once they realize that if they are getting a payment from the LTD insurer and then they get approved by CPP disability, they're not getting this plus that, right? They understand suddenly that the LTD insurer is really telling you to apply for selfish reasons because they get a deduction. So if you get two grand a month from LTD, and you get approved for $1,000 a month from CPP, you're not suddenly getting 3000 in your pocket at the end of the month. You're still getting the 2000 yep. except that now you're only getting 1000 from the LTD insurer. So, of course, they say, well, why should I do it? Well, those are the reasons that I just gave you for why cool. you should do it. So definitely do it. If your insurance, if you don't apply and your insurance company decides to estimate what you would be getting, would it be fair to say they're probably always going to estimate high? Uh, they may, although right. usually there's a formula that okay. we can use to, to figure that out. But why be there in the first place? You know, why, why be in that situation? You know, this is a, it, it's, it's, a, it's a sword and a shield for the insurance company because in a way, if they're estimating that you would be eligible, uh, de facto, they are agreeing that you are in fact disabled. So it, it works, you know, to right. your benefit. But the, the problem is that if they're estimating you're getting a thousand bucks and you're not actually getting the thousand bucks, you just got them to reduce their benefit to you by a thousand bucks. Exactly. So there, you know, my point is, why be in that position? Uh, do what the policy says. Apply for CPP disability. If you don't get it, there is a window for appealing it. You can certainly appeal CPP disability denials. Uh, and again, if you are denied later, perhaps down the road you can apply again. But the point is, if you don't do it and you are in breach of your policy. The insurance company can turn around and say, well, we're just going to estimate what it is right. that you should have gotten and deduct accordingly from what we're paying you. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Through email, if you haven't checked it out, check out fightformyltd.com. Lots more of the insurance and injury law show straight ahead. Talk radio, May M640. 416-216-5910. That'll put you in touch with Savannah anytime. The email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lawyer.ca. We're uh, in the media, uh, the middle of the week that was. And if you haven't checked it out, go to injurycalculator.ca. This is a fantastic tool. We've had this going for a couple of years now, helping people figure out what their pain and suffering could be. Yeah, it's an amazing tool, John. It's mm-hmm. been utilized quite widely. Uh, and I think we're going to have an opportunity to uh, put it to use right now on okay. the show. So let me tell you about this one individual who had contacted me last week. Uh, this is a 73-year-old uh, retired lady. She was walking uh, on, on a... Um, uh, on a road and on a sidewalk. It was slippery, it was icy, it was covered by snow. Uh, she fell. 
She was taken to hospital, and it was determined that she suffered a broken hip. She had surgery for her hip. She had rods and bolts put into her hip. Uh, people who have had hip surgery know how uh, life-changing uh, that is. Uh, it's, it's completely uh, transformative for people, especially at that age. In any event, she had sent an email to the city to report the incident, but it was over 10 days from when the incident occurred. Now, let's break that down. Remember that when people uh, in Ontario, when you slip and fall on ice or there's something wrong with a sidewalk and it's city property, you have an obligation under the Municipal Act, under the legislation Mm -hmm. that governed these kinds of falls, to notify the city clerk wherever this happened. Within 10 days. Within 10 days in writing of what happened, who are you, the injuries. Specifically, the city wants to know where it happened. The reason for that 10-day notice period is so that they can actually... Uh, go there and investigate and take a look and see if, in fact, there is a problem in terms of the maintenance. But in this case, uh, this lady had sent that email, uh, and it was over 10 days later. And, okay. of course, when, when you know, we, we um, heard about this, you know, the first alarm bell goes off. Well, okay, does this mean that her claim is doomed? No, it doesn't mean that. There are exceptions to the law. There are exceptions to the 10-day notice period. You never want to be in a position where you have to argue those exceptions. But in this case, this lady actually was in a rehab facility for two weeks after this happened, in addition to the surgery. Right. So one of the exceptions are that the person is simply unable to contact. Yeah, she's (laughs) busy, busy, quote unquote. Exactly. But this busy, I mean, this is a very narrow exception. And courts have looked at it and said, look, you have to be reasonable here, okay? Especially in a situation like this where you have somebody in the hospital, in rehab. I mean, the first thing that comes to their mind is not to contact the city. The first thing is to, you know, get help. Well, the the, I mean, the scary thing is until I started doing this show with you, Neil, three years ago, I would have no idea that I would have to contact the city clerk, number one, and number two within 10 days. And most I have people, no idea. And most people have no idea about right. that. They absolutely right. don't. And I've seen claims when I defended uh, municipalities in the past that have failed because uh, the individuals or, or their lawyers were not aware of that. So that's right. very, very important. But again, there are exceptions. You can't wait months and months or even weeks and weeks. You have to really be reasonable and get to it as soon as you can. And in this case, I certainly don't think that it's fatal to the claim. Uh, and, and, you know, frankly, a broken hip, that's a very, very serious injury. So let's uh, let's utilize okay. the uh, the injury calculator tool, gotcha. injurycalculator.ca. Yeah, I'm on it. And let's look at what uh, she could potentially be looking at in terms okay. of compensation for her broken hip. Okay, put a date in there. What did you say it was? Uh, it was, I think, December gotcha. 11th of uh, last yep. year. Got it. 75. Uh, says here was a calculator. Uh, slip or fall. Yep. Uh, whose fault was it? Someone else. That's right. Uh, injury affect your income. No, uh, she's, no retired, she's retired. Right? Yeah, okay. Uh, neck, neck, here we are. Torso. Okay, continue. So yep. these these are literally these click are options, menus. Right? Yeah, you're not yep. typing anything. No, I'm, I'm holding popsicle sticks in my other hand for some bizarre reason. <laughs> uh, okay, hip, continue. Here we go. Fracture? Yes. Yes. Next click. Uh, you experienced chronic pain? Yes. Yes, surgery. Yes. Notice, disclaimer, got it, continue, and wow, hello. So what does it say? Read, read what comes up on the screen. It says, according to our survey of Canadian cases, you may be entitled to 90000 to 165000 for your pain and suffering. Right, so let's break that down again. So what does that mean? It means that uh, this calculator contains within it a, uh, a database of cases from across the country that we've inputted in there, 
And those criteria, the information that you had clicked on, yeah. you know, the kind of injury, when it happened, that kind of stuff, that factors in. There's an algorithm that searches then the database of cases, similar down, cases. Right? It filters down. Cool. And it says, look, based on our uh, uh, survey of cases that have gone to court across the country for mm-hmm. the last, you know, the last, I don't know how many years, here's what judges have awarded in the past. And that's not to say that this lady will get $90,000 for a hip or she will get one sixty-five. It's just to say that in general... The range of awards cool. around the country has been anywhere from ninety thousand to one hundred and sixty-five, but let me put a twist on that. That only deals with pain and suffering. Right. What if she now needs help around the clock? What if she needs help only two hours a day? What if she needs to be put in a home? What if there's a family member now who has to quit their job to take care of her? These are ancillary expenses. These are out-of-pocket expenses, and as you can imagine. Being in a home oh. can easily run you two, three, four, five thousand dollars a month. Big time. So you could potentially have a claim where the hip fracture itself is valued at let's say a hundred, a hundred and twenty thousand dollars for pain and suffering, but the out-of-pocket expenses themselves could be worth two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars, depends on the case. Sure. Right. It can dwarf the pain and suffering component. And of course, what do you see there at the bottom? In the event that this lady wants to reach me, she can click on that button there that says, you know, submit, submit for results for free and confidential consultation. And I get wow. that email directly, and then I contact you, and then we have a discussion about your specific case so that I can actually advise you above and beyond the pain and suffering amount. So we can talk about the home that you may need, uh, the rehabilitation that you may need that your doctor has ordered. Or equipment in your house, which would be expensive as well. Oh, my God. It can be insanely expensive. Absolutely. So very, very interesting case. And and certainly we can help this lady, and we are going to help this lady. And it takes less than a minute. Check it out. Injurycalculator.ca. We'll take a short break. Uh, Savan's number, by the way, 416-216-5910. Another website we'll touch on that is uh, brand new. It's called fightformyltd.com. We'll discuss that in a little bit and get back to the week that was lots more of the insurance and injury law show it's talk radio am 640 416-216-5910 you need to get a hold of savannah anytime that is the number that is his number use it write it down have it in your phone you can also go to help at the insurance lawyer.ca i mentioned this pal just before we uh, took a break and that was a new website you put together uh, really fancy called uh, fight for my ltd.com that's right. Give me some uh, some details. Okay, so it's called fightformyltd.com because that's exactly what we do. We fight for your LTD. John, I cannot tell you how many times people are calling me and they are just in shock and awe that they can actually do something about their LTD denial or cutoff. I'm telling you, I, I, I keep saying that the insurance companies are playing this game mm-hmm. uh, with disability claimants. They are trying to essentially... Um, uh, push back on your claim, force you to either go back to work, go to their doctors, uh, whatever it is that they do in order to get you off their disability plan. And what happens is, and I don't have any hard numbers to back this up, it's just just my experience. Uh, It's essentially anecdotal, uh, sorry, anecdotal, uh, that nine out of 10 claimants, from what I can see, uh, they, they in fact, you know, fold their tent and go home. They get denied or they get cut off their disability when they should not have, when they are legitimately entitled, yep. they're owed this money uh, that's supposed to provide a safety net for them and their families, and they just give up and go home until they listen to the show or someone that they know listens to the show or they've read an article that we've written in the Toronto Star, for example, right. and then they come to us and they say, oh my God, I didn't realize I had all these rights. People, you have these rights. When I'm telling you that you have a claim, and by the way, 
uh, I would say probably it's anywhere from 50-50 to 40-60 that I say to someone that you have a case. So it's not like every person that sure. comes to me, I tell them they have a case. No, sometimes you, in fact, don't have a case. Yeah. But if I tell you you have a case, 99% sure. Pretty much ironclad. I, I am telling you, I believe yeah. you have a case. I'm going to perhaps ask you for some more documentation, but I think you have a case. So that website, fightformyltd.com, yeah, uh, it's got some information on it, okay. and you'll see that there are essentially five questions, five simple questions. Gotcha. And John, you're on the computer. Why don't you read right to now. us those questions? Okay, how old are you? All right, so you're putting the age, your yeah, age? 45, shut up. Uh, have you uh, denied or cut off long-term disability? Yes. Yes. What is the nature of your disability? Let's say you have chronic pain. Sitting beside me. Okay. It's, uh, <laughs> no, that's your wife's crying. <laughs> oh, nice. Do you have doctors or treatment providers supporting your claim for disability? Well, generally speaking, people come to me and they tell me, look, my doctor, my family doctor, my psychiatrist, mm-hmm. my rheumatologist, whoever it is, yeah, they're saying I cannot work. Right. So the answer generally is yes. Okay. Well, why has the insurance company denied or cut off your long-term disability? So here, if you look on the left side of the screen, yep. you'll see that uh, there are reasons slash quote-unquote excuses that right. insurance companies use to cut off or deny claims. They'll tell right. you that they don't have enough objective medical documents. Uh, they'll tell you that they think that you're not disabled enough under okay. the terms of the policy. So, so you can just choose whichever excuse it is or just tell me why the insurance company has said you don't qualify. Not enough documents, blah, blah, blah. And then you just put in uh, your email address and uh, you click submit. Look at that. And then I get that submission literally within 20 seconds. Done, there it is. And I Submitted. reply back. And I reply back, and I will tell you immediately if you have a case or not. Sometimes I'll ask you for some more information, but generally speaking, that's enough for me to get an idea as to whether or not you have a case. Uh, And so I I urge people out there, if you're in that situation and you've given up or almost given up or just don't know what to do, go to that website, fightformyltd.com. Just fill out these questions and click submit, and I'll tell you if you have a case or not. It's going to cost you absolutely nothing. It's it's just it's instantaneous. If you know someone in that position, tell them about it. Okay, just help someone out. It's really cool. And on the left side, like you mentioned, I mean, here's even before I click through, you need info about what you're doing. It says five facts about long-term disability, five myths about long-term disability. There's a drop-down menu, five common excuses why insurance companies deny or cut off LTD, and then five strategies or uh, strengths to uh, to strengthen your long-term disability claim. So there's information on the left side before you even yeah, click and you, you know it's, it's really interesting. Cool. Absolutely, and you know it's interesting. Uh, about I'd say 25 percent of of the communications I have with individuals. Uh, it's not about whether or not I'm going to help them with their uh, claim that it's been cut off or denied. It's that they want advice or seeking advice. So let me actually read you an email that I had received this past sure. week uh, from someone. So I, I'm not going to say uh, the person's name. Uh, th- they are from somewhere in Ontario. And, and here's what this individual writes. Uh, the subject matter of the email is LTD question. He writes, okay. hello, Sivan. I'm aware of you from AM640 uh, from, from your show on there. Uh, I'm trying to be proactive on my wife's behalf. She has worked full-time for a local, local, I'm not going to say the name of the store, it's a a big department store, in our neighborhood for over six years. She's in her 40s, and I'm concerned that I've seen her health both physically and mentally deteriorate over the last couple of years. I fear that she's coming to the end of a rope in the near future. She's starting to question whether her meager wages is worth her health and thinks that she may have to quit at some point. Having listened to you on AM640, I suggested that maybe she should go on disability, but she's convinced, get this, she's convinced that she won't get it, Hmm. in brackets, albeit anecdotally. Their insurance provider, he gives me the name of the insurance company, never seems to grant LTD claims. Is that right? 
says then then he says anyway i'm i'm asking uh, that what if anything can or should my wife be doing now if she decides to go uh, to the disabil- uh, through the disability route in the near future okay and so i responded back immediately and mm-hmm. i told him look first of all she should not quit and those listeners out there who have listened to Lior talk on this show for years and years and years know that you do not quit uh, your job because then you're foregoing any severance. Right. The question then becomes, should she go on disability? And the answer is fairly simple here. If, in fact, she is disabled or she feels that she cannot work as a result of a mental, psychological, physical, emotional disability, and she has doctor's support, meaning they have, she has letters or reports or can get those, right. she should definitely for sure. apply for disability. And this idea that this insurance company that he referred to here or any insurance company never grants LTD claims, first of all, that is, that is a myth because they all, to some extent, uh, allow disability mm-hmm. claims. Some of them are better at it than others. Some right. of them are more difficult to deal with than others. But at the end of the day, these insurance companies are in it for one thing only, and that's to make money. And as soon as there is a disability lawyer getting involved, as soon as I get involved, my team gets involved, think about it. Just think about it. It means that they have to hire their own lawyers. It costs them money, which is why whenever we start claims for legitimate disability claims, almost always the lawyer on the other end comes to us and says, Let's settle. Do you want to talk settlement? Do you want to go to a mediation? How do you want to proceed? Get it off the books. Exactly. Exactly. And they're handling thousands of these claims, each one of these insurance companies. But these are the thousands of claims. Imagine how many other tens, if not hundreds of thousands of claims are out there of people who never actually started a claim because they thought that they had no chance, just like this man's wife. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll take a quick break. Lots more to go. Again, check out fightformyltd.com. Or if you want to know what your pain and suffering could be, the injury calculator, that is injurycalculator.ca. It's the Insurance Injury Law Show. It's right here. It's Talk Radio, ma'am 640. 416-216-5910 is the number to get a hold of Savannah anytime. It is help. At theinsurancelawyer.ca, if you haven't checked out the new website, it's called fightformyltd.com. You can contact Lior, uh, pardon me, uh, Savannah through there as well. Lior's a different show. We'll get to him later on. Yeah. Uh, lots to get through here, man. We've got a bunch of emails. I mentioned that website and the email address several times through the show so far. So we'll get to one from Laura. Uh, writes in from North Bay, says, My husband has been on long-term disability now for over a year, and uh, we were told recently that his benefits will stop on February 23rd. Is there anything we can do to avoid them uh, cutting them off? He suffers from severe arthritis, and we have uh, two small children at home. He's an electrical engineer, and his doctors say that he won't be able to go back to work. It doesn't give an age, but uh, not going back to work. Yeah, I mean, sounds like clearly, ever. What's that? Sounds like ever. Yeah, I mean, right. he's got two small kids at home, right. so I mean, this is weighing heavily on them. And you know, keep in mind here, it's it's the wife that's emailing. Right, uh, Laura. Here's here's my recommendation, and I've said this before. Uh, in ca- in cases where you are told in advance, and it, this is this happens a lot, by the way, that LTD insurers uh, will tell you that they're going to cut you off. They're not telling you that we've cut you off. They are giving you a date in the future. And what I tell people out there is contact me, let me or somebody on my team write to the insurance company on your behalf in advance of that date. Don't wait until the last day. Contact me now the way you did. Uh, and you know we're in January right now, so I can write to the insurance company and I can make a forceful case. I just need to review some of the medical documents uh, that you have, and I can make a forceful case of the adjuster explaining to them why it is that if they, in fact, discontinue the benefits on February 23rd, they're going to get a claim on their desk the next day, and they're going to have to hire that lawyer, that expensive lawyer, mm-hmm. and then, of course, 
they're going to want to settle at some you point. Bet. So, you know, I tell people out there, if you're in that situation, you have an LTD case, you've been told it's going to get cut off, the benefit's going to get cut off, uh, you don't think that it's right for them to cut off because you cannot go back to work and you have doctors on your side. Mm. Contact me. Let us help you. It's going to cost you nothing. I am not going to charge John, Laura, anything for writing that email, for communicating with the adjuster. If I can persuade the insurance company to, the, to, to, to back off uh, from that threat to discontinue the benefits, right. that's fantastic. That's yep. great. You know, she's going to tell everyone about me. So you I'm bet. happy about that. So, Laura, I'm going to charge you nothing for that. Uh, contact me after the show. Uh, let's let's get together uh, on the phone. I need some of the medical documents. You'll email them to me. Uh, the letter from the insurance company that says that they're going to cut off the benefits. Let me communicate with the adjuster and let me see if I can avoid the cutoff. Laura, that number, 416-216-5910. Let me ask you something. I don't know if you saw that. uh, Well, it was on the news and it's all over YouTube, that footage from that 4-1 crash, that pile up in the snow uh, in Bowmanville the other day in 4-1. It was just absolutely mental. I'm going to ask you this then. Uh, Season of car accidents is here big time. Would you recommend a dash camera outside of Russia because everybody in Russia (laughs) seems to have a dash cam? I don't know why. Uh, Is it helpful in an accident? Yes, it is. Uh, Talking about Russia, I'm sure that Putin uh, would like to mandate that over there in Moscow. I think he already did. Every video is a Russian dash Probably, probably. Yeah, you know, dash cams are interesting. I had a case recently where when we started the case, it's an interesting situation, by the way, because it's a car accident and it happened less than two years ago and we resolved it with under two years. Wow. And for people out there who have their own claims ongoing, they're going to say two years. It took my lawyer two years to write one letter. You know, we get that all the time. Uh, But in that case, my client was T-boned in an intersection. It was a pretty bad accident. And initially, there was an argument as to who was at fault. Mm -hmm. Was the light green? Was the light red for my client, etc.? As soon as we showed that dash cam footage, Done. bam, that's it. We're now uh, no longer talking about who's at fault. We're talking about how much money are you going to pay my client for his wow. pain and suffering, for his income loss, for his out-of-pocket expenses, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, if you can invest in a dash cam, they're not expensive as far yeah. as I understand, get them. Uh, they can be extremely helpful. And uh, certainly in my case, the one that I just settled oh. a few weeks back, it, it was just, it was gold. Yeah. It was great. Otherwise, you'd, you could still be arguing whose fault it was. Yeah, right? and the problem is, you know, exactly. So in that case, let's say for a second that there is a credibility issue between my client and the other gentleman. Let's say that we go to a mediation. Well, we're going to have to negotiate some kind of a split on liability because right. how do you know if this ever went to court, which, by the way, most of these cases never go to court. But if it did, you know, there is a risk that a jury could come back and say my client is completely at fault or my client is completely not at fault. Or they can say it's 50-50 or 60-40 or 70-30. So there's going to have to be some negotiation on the basis of the um, credibility arguments of the parties. Dashcam takes that out of the picture. I mean, there is now no argument about that. The other side immediately conceded that they were at fault and we just proceeded to negotiate damages. Get through a quick email here. we got about a minute left until we take a break. Uh, Valerie Ottawa says, I was T-boned. There you go, at high speed last January. Haven't been able to go back to work. I'm a chartered accountant. I tore my right knee when I hit it on the dashboard and broke three ribs. Wow. Uh, my paralegal said that this, uh, <clears throat> said that soon it'll be time to decide to start a claim against the guy that hit me. But I don't understand why they haven't done that already. I've heard you say over and over and over that serious accidents should have claimed started ASAP. Why have they not started mine? Oh, boy. Okay, Valerie. So first of all, yes, uh, I say that all the time. And 
I, I actually have no idea why it is that the claim against the at-fault driver, the one who T-boned you, was not started. Right. The fact that you have a paralegal helping you, there's nothing wrong with that. That paralegal is probably taking care of your accident benefits claim. Uh, that's what usually paralegals do in the context of car accidents. They deal with your own insurance company, the benefits you're supposed to get from your insurance company, like medical rehabilitation benefits, uh, you know, income replacement benefits. There's a whole slew of benefits out there that you can access if you're in an accident, whether or not you're at fault. But the fact that she's telling you that soon it will be time to decide if to start a claim when you haven't been able to go back to work for essentially a year and you tore your knee, which I've dealt a lot with knee injuries. I've talked to countless orthopedic surgeons about these kinds of injuries. And to add to that, you broke three ribs. I mean, my God, I would have started a claim probably within weeks of the accident once I got all the information I needed. The fact that now there was a delay for a year, I actually don't understand the logic behind that. What I can tell you is that in a lot of cases, many lawyers and paralegals choose to wait for at least a year before starting a claim. And, And, you know, it's an arbitrary number. It's an arbitrary amount of time that they want to pass because they want to see if you've healed or if, if you've healed or not. Yeah. But but with injuries like the ones you're describing, you know, the fact that they are serious, the fact that you haven't been able to go back to work, there's no reason in my mind that I can think of of why you haven't, why a claim hasn't been started yet. So as far as I'm concerned, you just lost about a year or so of time uh, that otherwise uh, it, it would have gotten you closer to a potential settlement right. of your claim. 416-216-5910 is the number. That email address is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Check out these websites when you have a moment. It's injurycalculator.ca. And the newest one is fightformyltd.com. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk radio, AM640. 416-216-5910 is the number anytime. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Slip and fall question for you. I know you get these all the time on the website and through email. If someone slips and falls on ice, suffered a uh, serious injury like a uh, broken ankle, a hip, or even a back for that matter, uh, can they start a claim immediately or should wait to see if it gets better in a few months, similar to a car accident? Yeah, So, the, and the answer is very similar in that I only wait as long as I have to to start okay. a claim. And, and again, the reason is very simple. The longer I wait, the longer it takes my client to get the money that's owed to them for their injuries. Sometimes we do have to wait because we're doing an investigation, right? We're trying to figure out who owns the property, if there are other entities responsible, like winter maintenance contractors. You know, I've had a case a while back with the city of Toronto where uh, it it was only later on in the claims process that we were advised that there is, in fact, a winter maintenance contractor. And then we found out that that contractor that the city hired contracted with another company. (laughs) Of course. And they contracted with (laughs) another company. It's like those little Russian eggs you keep pulling apart and there's one inside. Yeah, right. Exactly. Now, why is it important to do the homework, to to do all this due diligence? And we did, except that we didn't have that information until later on. And, you know, it took that lawyer from the city of Toronto a lot of time to get us this information, unfortunately. But why is that important before you start a claim? Because you don't want to have to delay the proceeding or restart it every time you find out that there should be another party in this claim. And why is it so important to make sure that all the parties are there? Because when it comes time to negotiate a resolution, you want all the parties at the table. You know, if you have three parties, three insurance companies, you want all of them at the table. It's going to be a lot easier to split up 100, 200, 300 grand amongst three parties than just having one pay at all. And so in a case like a slip and fall, that's really the only thing that I would say that we have to wait for is just make sure we have the research done as to who's responsible. Sometimes... Sometimes, and I have that happen as well, you know, listeners to the show or people who uh, uh, have listened have told friends and, and family members and colleagues 
who have been injured, uh, they contact me like literally the day of or mm-hmm. the next day after a fall, which is great because then I can tell them off the bat what they need to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and they'll ask me, you know, should I go to the doctor? Should I go to the hospital? And of course, my advice always is you make sure you take of your health, uh, you take care of your health first. So yeah, definitely go to the doctor, get the x-rays done, make sure that nothing is broken, make sure that you're okay, you have the right pain medications. But yeah, we have to start these claims ASAP. You don't want to be one of those people who has had an injury five years ago mm-hmm. and still nothing has happened on their claim because right. their lawyer took two years to start a claim. 416-216-5910 and help at the insurancelawyer.ca. You know, during the break, I was reading this email. I thought it was interesting. I'll throw this one at you. Uh, I haven't read one like this before. This is Don from Cambridge. My brother told me to email you about my situation. I fell on ice outside a Starbucks near my home last February. Hit, uh, pardon me, hit my left knee and broke it. I needed surgery and have only been able to go back to work part-time. He's a mechanic. The Starbucks manager, this is the interesting part, said that they'll cover my medical expenses up to 15000 bucks if I sign a form that releases them from fault. I really need the money and was wondering if this is enough money and should I sign it? No, it's not. So I'm going to talk about this email in a sec. But John, why don't you go back to the injury calculator mm-hmm. so we can actually figure out what pain and suffering damages are awarded in cases of uh, broken knees. Right. And, and while you do that, I'm going to talk about this for a second. First of all, never ever settle these kinds of claims by yourself. Don't do it with the manager of the place where you think that they're at fault. Don't do it with the adjuster from the insurance company, uh, particularly with the adjusters, because oftentimes adjusters, insurance companies are going to lowball you. If they are offering you money, oftentimes it's because they see exposure on them. They want to settle with you directly because they know that if you get a lawyer who knows what he or she is doing, the claim may be eventually settled for 10 times whatever it is that they're offering you right there and then. And how do I know that? Because I've been in that situation when I've had to tell people, listen, you signed a release, and unfortunately, it's a tenth of what you are owed. And no, you cannot go back and say that you signed under duress. I'm sorry, you can't. And I've also been in a situation where uh, I was representing uh, uh, the insurance companies. Remember, I used to be a defense lawyer. And I, I was uh, consulted by adjusters who were trying to negotiate specifically with, with individuals who were not represented. And I advised them on essentially how to get those people to agree to lower amounts. Remember, this is when I was representing insurance companies. So insurance companies are in the business, obviously, of saving money, of making money. And one of the ways to do it is to offer you as little as possible and get that little piece of paper called a release. Yep. What is that release? That's a shield. It means that you cannot go back later when you find out that your injury is really a lot worse than you thought. And, or, or, or perhaps you've listened to the show or you've spoken to someone else and you realize, oh my God, what did I do? I accepted... 10 cents on the dollar or a cent on the dollar, mm-hmm. God forbid. And I want to undo this. I want to go back. I want you to represent me, Sivan. I want you to go and get no. me more money. No, I can't. Okay. Now, this uh, gentleman, Don, says that he hit his left knee and broke it and he needs yeah. surgery. So you just did the injury calculator. Yeah, I've been what done did... for a while since you've right. been chatting. So, so, so fi- tell me, yeah. so, so what did it say for pain and suffering that he, he would be uh, Starbucks offered him 15 grand to yeah. sign and release. And the injury calculator says for those injuries, uh, 85 to 185,000. Right. So knee injuries are very, very severe. Yeah. And especially if you've had to have surgery on it, sometimes you have to have a knee replacement. Knee replacements oftentimes result in revision surgeries later on. So just for the pain and suffering, Mm -hmm. you're looking for numbers that can get up to close to six figures just for pain and suffering. Not 15 grand. Let alone to the fact, (laughs) he he says, I've only been able to go to work part time. So maybe he's going to have income losses. 
that exceed maybe this claim is worth two, three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars. And he potentially could be signing a release for fifteen grand. Do you see what I'm talking about, yeah. John? It's just amazing, yeah. amazing what is out there and how people uh, just don't know. And and it's a good thing, Don, that you you emailed us. So let's be in touch after the show, and I'll tell you exactly what you need to do going forward. 416-216-5910 is the number anytime. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots more coming up after a short break. Insurance Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. 416-216-5910. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca through email. We'll get to an email before we wrap here. Chuck gets a final call says, uh, my wife was recently denied her long-term disability claim because the insurance company said that she did not provide, quote-unquote, objective medical documentation for her disability. She's been suffering from bad anxiety and agoraphobia and uh, hardly comes out of the house. She used to work as a dental assistant. She's 42 years old. Her psychiatrist supports her, so I don't understand why the insurance company refused her application. Is, uh, is there any point in fighting them? Yes, Chuck. And yeah. again, this is why we created that website, fightformyltd.com. Uh, so again, let's break this down. You say, Chuck, I don't understand why the insurance company refused her application. Well, the reason is very simple, to save money. Yeah, they they simply assume, yeah, they assume, it's a poker game, right? They assume that she's going to back off, that she's not going to do anything, particularly when you're dealing with people who are vulnerable and they have psychological and emotional issues. They are, I would say, even more vulnerable than those who are experiencing physical uh, issues because those who have the emotional and psychological issues, oftentimes, you know, with every phone call, with every email from the adjuster, they get more anxious. They can't talk. They can't walk. They can't shower. They can't eat. And that affects the mood of the whole family. Uh, So, Chuck, the fact that they said that she did not provide objective medical documentation when her psychiatrist specifically supports her. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's classic. That's one of those excuses that I have on the fightformyltd.com website. Yeah. Insurance companies will say that, and, and they will say that oftentimes when there are objective, uh, 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 when, when, when there is objective support and when there is medical support for the disability. Is there a point fighting them? You bet that there is a point fighting them. And I'll tell you more than that. Let me email the adjuster directly again, just like with the previous person who emailed us. I'm going to charge you nothing for it. Let me see if I can get them, if I can dissuade them, if if I can somehow persuade them to accept the claim. If they still say no, your options then, and I'm going to tell you right now, your option, assuming in fact the psychiatrist does support your wife, is to start a claim. And I'm telling you that very quickly and with very little in fact, no pain at all, I'll be able to resolve her claim. She's going to get the money that's owed to her, that you guys are owed. This is not This is not your wife trying to get money out of a company for nothing. I mean, right. this the, the, the policy was paid for. That's, that's what aggravates me, John. The policy was paid for. This is why John Grisham writes all these uh, books about these insurance companies. Right. They accept, 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 you know, they accept the money for years and years and years, and then they refuse to pay legitimate claims. Oh. So, you know, Chuck, don't, don't back off. Tell, tell your wife that there is help. This is actually not going to be that difficult to resolve. Contact me after the show. Let's chat and let's proceed. We'll wrap for another week. Uh, in the meantime, the number is 416-216-5910. You want to get hold through email, uh, email Savannah directly, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. A couple of websites you should be aware of as well if you're wondering what your pain and suffering could be. Go to injurycalculator.ca and the new website. He just mentioned it, fightformyltd.com. Till next time, the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640.